This Saturday panel on OTB. And I'm coming off the pitch. He said, uh, Richard is on the phone. Richard? Yeah, he said, he's in Mexico. And then I'm totally bamboozled. I said, who the hell is Richard in Mexico? But it happened to be Richard Harris. But I got on the phone to him and, and I swear to God, he's crying down the phone like congratulating me and telling me how, how great it is. And he asked me, can I come to the final? I said, of course you can. Don't miss the panel every Saturday afternoon on OTB Sports Radio. Tune in 24-7 on the OTB Sports app. The OTB Podcast Network. You ain't shit. I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. But fans can be the harshest critics, you know. They often are. A wife is often the harshest critic <laughs> of her husband. <laughs> I thought I was invincible. That's what you're, you're trained to believe as a sports person. There was four million people in Ireland who knew much more about managing <laughs> football teams than I did. When it comes to music, I can spoof it the best. Your sporting career is the best time you'll have, and, you know, you have to hang on to it for as long as your life, because everything else is pretty crappy. And this is not lies. Stephen Rochard has never spoken to Jimmy McGinnis in his life. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through until five o'clock. You can text us 53106. We're streaming the conversation as well now, so as well as listening on News Talk, you can watch us on the social channels for Off the Ball. For Periscope on Twitter at Off the Ball, YouTube, Facebook, and on the new OTB Sports app. Search OTB Sports in your app store now to download it if you haven't already. This is the Saturday panel. So last year, Cheltenham, the lightning rod. For people's anger and fear at the start of the pandemic, a health crisis none of us have experienced in our lifetimes. This year, like all other sports, the festival, behind closed doors, it starts on Tuesday. This is the greatest show on turf. Over decades, the achievements of jockeys and trainers, and most importantly, the horse has made Ireland proud. Think of Arkle, Don Ron, Istabrak, all those great days, all those special races. So let's hope Cheltenham 2021 brings us these storylines. Tipperary's Rachel Blackmore has got the favourite in the champion hurdle. She's riding Honeysuckle. She's also got a great ride in the Gold Cup. We've got the likes of Album Photo going for a hat-trick of Gold Cups for William Mullins. That hasn't been achieved by an Irish horse since Arkle in 1966. Mick Winters, the colourful trainer from Cork, bidding for a first festival winner as a trainer. So to look ahead on our special Tottenham preview over the next hour. We're delighted to be joined by Gold Cup, Champion Hurdle and Champion Chase winning jockey from Meath, Barry Garrity, a member of a racing dynasty from Kildare, Katie Walsh, a three-time festival winner as a jockey and the winner of the Irish Grand National. And the man we're trying to take our money off next week, obviously responsibly, Paddy Power. Barry, Katie and Paddy, you're all very welcome to the show. And Barry, a year ago, you rode five Tottenham winners. Then you hung up the silks, you retired. What are you missing? What are you not missing? Um, it's, it's a very much a change of pace. Um, I thought I'd miss it more, to be honest. Now, if I was to load up and go to England for a weekend or a few days rest, I think uh, these would be the few days you'd want to go more than any. But no, I haven't put in the hard graph for the last 51 weeks, so I don't really feel I deserve a week in Cheltenham. But it's, uh, I'd, uh, I'm just kind of surprised. I, I thought I'd miss it more, but it's suppose when you're doing it so long, and you, you get off the treadmill and you take a relaxed approach to life, you, you kind of, it's, uh, it sits comfortably. Absolutely, Barry. And it's going to be a great week ahead. An unusual time, Paddy, to be a bookie. Uh, nobody going over to Cheltenham. No shops open. The pubs are shut. So people will be watching this at home now on their TV for the next week. And obviously the message to give out there is to gamble responsibly. 
hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, you know yourself. Uh, when it comes to Cheltenham, it's a long L week as it is every year, and this year will be no different. There'll be no crowds and no hooping and hollering and paddy whackery uh, with people coming in after riding winners, walking down the chute, and it seemed to take an age to get to the winners' enclosure. That'll be all weird, but uh, nonetheless, a winner's a winner. But like you said, you should do a budget, and all the boring stuff is important. So make sure you do all that stuff too. Paddy, when was your first? I was speaking to you off off tube here, and we were talking that we've both probably been to Cheltenham for two decades. Uh, what was your first Cheltenham? What are your memories of of the festival? Uh, there was a, a movie called Blade Runner, and Rutger Hauer, the the character he played, uh, he said, uh, "I've seen things you people wouldn't believe." And obviously, this is a family show, Paddy. But I'm sure you've seen your fair share of things down through the years. I have, I have, yeah. To be fair, and actually, it's actually uh, Barry Garrity. It's probably his fault that I've been such a, a, I don't know, a Cheltenham addict, if you like. My first Cheltenham. I was like, sorry, I was always working in inverted commas when I was over there. Jesus, the amount of work I didn't do. I'll tell you, especially in the early years and the amount of sleep I didn't get. But anyway, uh, it was Barry's uh, Moscow Flyers' first Queen Mother. That was my first year, 19 years ago, and I hadn't missed it since until this year, obviously. And I just, I just remember, I'd, I'd always watched it. And I was always working, but even when I was a kid, so my dad was a bookie as well, and like he'd go off to Cheltenham, we'd be watching it and all that kind of stuff. So I, I was always into it, you know. But uh, but just being there for the first time and like gen like the word that keeps coming to my head is Paddy Wackery. It was just mental. It was mayhem. It was such good crack. Like it seemed like anything went. There was like when the likes of Moscow Flyer, the Irish winner at that stage was rare enough. And you see this racing post flying up in the air and hats and the whole shebang. And you know, you've you've studied for months and months and months and you you, you know exactly what you're going to back in whatever races. And then you meet someone in the jacks and you completely change your mind because some fella tells you, oh, I met such and such, you said such and such. And it's just mad. It really is madness. It's like stepping onto another planet, a parallel universe. And it's like, it's a kind of a bubble you get stuck in. And there's that depression when you're coming home that you know it's all over for another year. Now that's partly down to the, probably the hard living while you're over there too. But uh, it's, um, yeah, it's 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 a special occasion. It's it's as a sporting event, like I heard Hector uh, describing it on his podcast. And it was just, it was like poetry the way he described it. It was some very choice language, mind you. But it's all like, it's just like, it's like big sporting events rolled into one because everyone there just looks forward to it for so long. I mean, I always thought I'd go, I'd go over working, but a load of my friends would go over as well. And like, you know, the wives and the girlfriends at the time be kind of going, what are you lads up to over there? And I was here, if they could only come and just see how boring it really is when you step step back and look at it. We talk rubbish about horses morning, noon and night and drink pints of Guinness and that's it. And it's just, it's it's like that. It's a proper, I don't know, it's a funny old place, but it's brilliant. Casey, yeah, good afternoon. When you're at Cheltenham, when you're riding, when you're riding horses, you've ridden three Cheltenham winners, a poker to Civila, Thousand Stars, Relegate. Do you get a chance to enjoy yourself or is it all business? Oh, yeah, you definitely. Absolutely. Um, Cheltenham is, is um, yeah, of course, it's business. I actually remember going over um, to ride Thousand Stars. Well, I didn't even know I was riding him or poker to Civila when I first went over. And uh, I was in Navin on the Sunday, which would be the meeting to day actually and uh, I was riding on the bumper and um, I said try to put my gear in I was going over anyway to ride out for Willie and help out and um, I said I put my gear in anyway just in case and I was on the way to the airport and Ferdy Murphy rang me and said would you ride Poker de Cibola in the formal I said Jesus absolutely love to yeah so um, that was the that was the Wednesday so uh, I gave him a canter on the Wednesday morning and um, lo and behold um he won, which was something I thought would never happen. It was unbelievable. And uh, there was a whole host of people over there. All of my family um, were there and I didn't think I'd another ride for the rest of the week. And all, all of my friends were there and uh, we all went out, ended up in the 21 Club. It was absolutely brilliant. It was a time I'll never forget. And then I was riding out the next morning and um, 
Willie said to me, would you like to ride Thousand Stars tomorrow in the County Hurdle? I couldn't believe it. I said, yes, and I absolutely loved it. So, um, yeah, so we definitely enjoyed the the Wednesday night and um, then I was lucky enough to get another ride on the Friday as well. But it's a huge social occasion and it's um, there's great fun to be had and everyone's in the same frame of mind and everyone's been looking forward to it all year. And, and yeah, it's just it's a very special week. Barry, did you ever end up with the 21 club in all those years uh, riding at Chatham, all those winners, 43 winners? I'd love to say I didn't. Come out Barry. Yeah, I'd love to say I didn't, but no, there was uh, one year in particular, the year in 2008 when the wind was bad and racing was called off, um, I think on the Wednesday. And we went for lunch and so lunch ran on a little bit late and a little bit late and a bit late and... Uh, I turned up probably not the best for where the following day to ride finger on the pulse. We managed to beat Mick Fitzgerald on barber shop owned by the Queen in the next. And I can't say I was I was my feeling my freshest that day. A few of us we all we were all actually breathalyzed before racing and a, a few of us had say just scraped through. <laughs> in, in the lead up to a Chatham Festival, Barry, is it like the All Ireland final for a player? Like they're they're getting hassled for tickets. Are you getting just getting hassled for tips? Are you meeting people at the airport? Can you take it in your stride, or do you feel actually more pressure given the week that's in it? It's about twenty eight All Ireland finals, um, so there is you, you, there is pressure, but it's it's what you make of it. Um, you know, people coming up looking for tips, and you know you're going to have your 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 armour of tips, if you like, what you want to give out and what you're going to say. So you, you have a good idea of what you fancy. Um, but lads love it. There's a great buzz, there's great atmosphere. You, you get into it all. It's, it's it, You've grown up loving it, watching it. Now you're part of it. Um, and you want to be involved too and, and enjoy it. And, and it is, there's, there's pressure, but a lot of these things are out of your control as well. So you can get too caught up in the pressure and just maybe, personally, I, I just lived, lived in the moment and, and took it as it, as it came. Well, you're listening to our Chatham preview show here on Off the Wall with Paddy Power. Don't feel like a punter, feel like a favourite. This Chatham. Let's hear one of Barry Garrity's greatest days at Chatham. Has about a length and a half on take the stand on the near side. The final fence kicking pin skims over three or four legs clear, and now getting away. And Barry Garrity shakes him up up the hill, kicking pin by five or six lengths to take the stand. It's going to be an Irish winner of the Tote Sport Cheltenham Gold Cup, kicking pin. Barry, what is that like? You've won the Chatham Gold Cup, you win the champion chase, you've won the champion hurdle so many times. What is that feeling like when you're coming up the hill and you're about to ride a big Chatham winner? There's no better feeling, no better feeling in racing. That's what we, you know, you grow up, you dream of these days. And you don't think they're ever going to happen. Um, I won the champion chase in Moscow that year and 2005 and King King in the Gold Cup then. So it was that was magic. And we had a good night in the 21 Club that night. And let's hear a bit of Katie Walsh, brilliance at Cheltenham as well. Then down the outside from the rear, Relegate is coming with a wet sail, but it's still carefully selected as they race up the hill. Carefully selected, been out in front a long way, and Relegate is finishing off very quickly indeed in the black jacket under Katie Walsh. Relegate getting up, wearing down, carefully selected. They hit the line, Relegate wins the bumper. What was that like, Katie? Oh, it was very special. Um, uh, it It was brilliant because... I knew um, Willie had loads of runners in the bumper as he usually does and we were in the Prade Ring and I was after winning uh, the good Mare's, her- uh, Mare's bumper on her at the Dublin Racing Festival and I rode her handy that day but when I went out into the ring in Cheltenham I've been caught in the hustle of bustle of that 
bumper coming down the hill too many times, going a stride faster than I, what I wanted to be going and knowing that I wasn't going to get up the hill and knowing I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. So uh, one time I did want to just kind of hunt around and walk out towards the back and see what happens. So uh, when I went out into Praetoring that day, um, Willie just said, listen, you and Aura, she's a small bit of a filly, do what you want. And I was like, that was my, I didn't need any more encouragement. That was... Uh, my time to be able to walk out towards the back and hunt around and now don't get me wrong when I was going up the back and she wasn't really taking me anywhere I said Jesus I'm completely after doing the wrong thing here but slowly but surely she started to pick them off and when she met the rising ground she took off I couldn't believe it and um, obviously to win the bumper as an amateur is huge and it was a race that I listen any amateur professional doesn't matter wants to ride a winner in in Cheltenham but to win the bumper was uh, extra special and Rachel Blackmore on Tuesday, Katie's got the favourite in the champion hurdle, Honeysuckle. She's got a Plutard in the Gold Cup. She's from Tipperary. Uh, this is a chance for Raisin to put his best foot forward this week. These great storylines. The sport has got a kicking. We can't ignore that of late. Uh, last year and in recent times of these stories that have that have come out about uh, Charles Burns, the negligence issue, the, the Gordon Elliott photo. This is a chance for Racing to reset and uh, put itself in the shop window in a positive way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we all have a responsibility towards the sport and uh, it's a sport that we all love and and it's an industry that we all work in and it's been so good to all of us. I think there's a lot of positives that we need to take out of next week and that we're all really looking forward to. The horses, the jockeys, um, someone's going to ride their first Chatham winner next week and that's going to be really special for them. Yeah, I'll be definitely looking at Rachel with, um, I don't mean it in a, in a, you know, I would love her to win the champion Ireland Honeysuckle. I really, really would. I think she's got a massive chance. I think it's the consistency that the pair of them have produced over the last couple of seasons. The improvement that the pair of them have made um, over the last couple of years has been absolutely super. And I thought the last day, you know, they're really, Rachel knows her like the back of her hand. And, you know, to let her stride on crossing the road and Leprestown the last day and to see her just pick up. And, you know, she's not, she's not um she's never going to be really flashy but she's she gets down and she's she's she she's gutsy and she just knows her really really well and um i just hope that the pair of them can do it next tuesday i think it'd be it'd be great for honeysuckle and it'd be great for rachel it would just be and be great for the irish great for henry be great for everyone so uh, that's the one race i'm really looking forward to yeah barry this is a chance for us to show the cream of the thoroughbreds and for the the sport to give a, a a bit of a reset to itself Oh, definitely. It's been a tough few weeks. Um, but, you know, it's, a lot of that isn't a true reflection on the sport at all because, you know, everyone knows how much horses are loved and cared and, and they have to be. And, and they have to be in those yards as well to get horses to perform at the top level. There's a lot of care, a lot of love. The staff, you know, they're not they're not paid massive money. It's, it's, it's an ordinary wage and most do it for the love of the game. So that's where a lot of it comes from. And, and I think that really has to be remembered. Um, but it, it's a brilliant week and... It is a great chance to, to to showcase what is brilliant about racing. And Paddy, you you know these people so well. You deal with them. You dealt with them for twenty years. You would echo that, I'm sure. hundred percent. I mean, that's and that's the thing. And and the reality is, 
much as you, you kind of have to mention because it it's such a big story, it has been dealt with, you know, and he has been, you know, it's not like it's been some kangaroo court where it's brushed under the carpet. Racing's kind of stood up and, you know, Gordon Elliott, I've got sympathy for him because, uh, you know, he was treated sympathy for him, even though he obviously shouldn't have, <laughs> the photo shouldn't have happened or shouldn't have been, he shouldn't have been in the, in, put himself in that position. But obviously he went through the ringer, uh, but he did, he got got put through the system and got his, fa- got his, his, his fine rather and his ban and we'll serve that, and that's job done. And racing, I think, handled it pretty well. And I think that's actually a pat on the back for racing as well to have to have dealt with it as well and as quickly as it has. Katie, I'm interested in the horses that have left his yard, like Envoy Allen, one of the best horses in training, gone to Henry de Bromheads. Some horses have gone to Willie Mullins. The new environment for these horses, will it affect their chances in any way uh, of, of performing to their best next week, do you think? Well, it wouldn't have helped them anyway. You know, I think everyone would agree with that. It isn't ideal. Now, the only thing is that I don't know what, I think Envoy Allen could move five times between here and Cheltenham and he still won't have a problem next week. Um, I think he's exceptional. Um, uh, it isn't ideal, but I think what he has to take on next week, um, I don't think it's going to affect him too much anyway as for the rest of them you know as I say it's 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 not something you know that you would set out to do but um yeah I'm sure the market will reflect that and um I suppose we'll we'll have to see what happens next week Barry will it be a, will it be any different for the horse the fact that there's no crowds uh, will some horse that might get a bit buzzed up even more relaxed now uh, what's what's the difference going to be there Definitely. Um, it, I think it'll affect more so the horse who's, who's on edge, who gets a little bit tense, gets a little bit worked up, sweats up, you know, the anxious horse. There is going to be a lot less of a buzz, obviously, and it'll be more like a a day away, you know, in another yard, if you like. There's not going to be that same level of tension about the place. So you'll find that horse will relax. Possibly the lazy type horse mightn't just get his blood up as much. So he might be back to his lazy ways that he would be at home. So it will affect her slightly and it's going to affect riders too because there isn't the same, you know, looking at a, a thousand faces leaving the parade ring and it's, there is, there's, there's tension and excitement and nervous energy and everything. So it's, it's, it's going to be very different. And probably the, the, the worst of it all is for the fellow who rides his first winner, our lady for that matter, coming back in in front of the stands into the parade ring, the winner's enclosure. That buzz, the roar, You'll never match it. And you'll, you'll get a great roar. Would have always got a great roar, roar right an English winner. But if you write a big Irish winner, you would not believe. They, they lift the roof. There's twice the roar for the Irish winner than there is for the English one. So it's to miss out on that is, is a big loss for, for any young rider having their first taste of a winner at Cheltenham or even a big winner. So it's, it's going to be very different. Well, you're listening to our Chatham preview show here on Off the Ball with Paddy Power. Don't feel like a punter, feel like a favourite. This Chatham 53106 listeners and viewers, get your text uh, messages in and get your questions into our panel about what you think uh, will win next week and what questions you have about horses that you might think of a specific chance. What are the do's and don'ts, Katie, about riding around Chatham for a jockey? Because it is a quite a unique track. I suppose that just depends, John, on what you're on. You know what I mean? I think. I think everyone has a plan when they go down to the start. You might think the plan was always maybe to bounce out handy or maybe the plan is to get a bit of cover. I suppose there's... Remember, it's a long way from the back of the last. That's all I know on the chase <laughs> track. Um, but, yeah, I suppose they tend... 
in Cheltenham and in English racing, especially, they tend to get racing quite early. So, I mean, sometimes you just have to check yourself and remember we are a long way from home here and take the conditions into it as well and see what the ground is riding. Are the front pack coming back? Have they been coming back all day? Are they stopping when they go down as far as the last? I mean, there is do's and don'ts, but that depends on so many things. Depends on the gallop to go, depends on the ground, depends on how how you're traveling. Are you a weak finisher? Are you a strong finisher? So there's the one thing I will, I, I will say, unless you're guaranteed to stay, I wouldn't be kicking from the top of the hill anyway. That's all I'd say. Barry, what type of horse does well at Cheltenham? A strong traveler that can handle the bends and the uphill finish, I'd say. That's it. You need something that's going to travel, sit comfortably, especially on the on the old course. The course for the first few days, there's more of an emphasis on speed on that track. So you need a horse who can travel comfortably and then quicken off from two out of the turn in just to be sitting in fourth gear. If you're in top gear, if you're in fifth gear coming down the hill over the third last and second last, you're going to struggle to find again in the straight and you're vulnerable to a horse with speed. So it's there's more emphasis on speed on the first two days. And then the, the new course is a wider, more of a level track the second last is a long way from home. It's probably three and a half furlongs from the second last and then over a furlong from the last. So you have a longer straight on the new course on the Thursday and Friday. So more emphasis on stamina and less on speed. So two very different tracks, but it's it's uh, you need a good horse. That's pretty much it. Okay, we've got to take a break. Uh, back with more chat with Barry Garrity, Paddy Parr and Katie Walsh after the news. Listeners, reviews out there, any questions for our panel about Cheltenham 2021, 53106, the number for your text. Back after the news. The Saturday panel on Off The Ball. And this is Off The Ball Saturday on News Talk. John Duggan with you through until five o'clock. Our text number 53106. We're back with the Saturday panel previewing Cheltenham 2021 with Gold Cup champion hurdle and champion chase winning jockey. Barry Garrity from Meath, 43 festival winners. Three-time festival winner, the Irish Grand National winning jockey and a member of a racing dynasty, Katie Walsh from Kildare. And the man we want to take our money off over the next week, bookmaker Paddy Power. We're streaming the conversation as well. So as well as listening on News Talk, uh, you can watch us on the Off The Ball social channel for Periscope on Twitter at Off The Ball YouTube, Facebook and we're also streaming as well on the OTB Sports app before we get into previewing each day uh, folks um, just want to go through maybe the best race you've ever ridden in at Cheltenham Barry and the best race you've ever seen what's the best one? Um, well personally I suppose uh, Bob's Earth Gold Cup uh, when he beats uh, Sir Deschamps and uh, Long Run so he was he was struggling at the back of the third last and AP on Sir Champ and Sam Whaley Cohn, a long run kicked off the turn in and Bowser was on the stretch and I could just nurse him and nurse him and nurse him and he found, he found some bit of energy from somewhere at the back of the second last and he went from being four lengths down to winning by seven lengths. It was a, a brilliant performance and it was a great race for me on a personal level. I suppose what I've witnessed over the years, you know, Isterbrack, Hurricane Fly, brilliant horses and... Um, you know, Moscow was great for me too. So there's been lots of great days there for everyone in, in Cheltenham. The best horse you've ever ridden, Barry, can you choose between Sprinter Sacker and Moscow Flyer? No, simple no. But, <laughs> but they are the best too. <laughs> Katie, the best race you ever rode in or witnessed at Cheltenham? Oh, best race ever. I was I was lucky enough to ride in a lot of races, Cheltenham, to be fair. I suppose the best race, I don't really know how to answer that. I suppose for me, my first winner challenge, Pokes of all, winning win the four mile was. Um, you beat me really in it as special. well. Well, regardless, I mean, it was it was <laughs> uh, it was it was a great day. It was um, it was something I thought would never happen. So many so many lads in 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 the way room in Ireland and England don't get an opportunity to ride at at the festival. So to have a festival 
winner was really special and uh, that was probably uh, definitely my best day uh, within race and the best race I've ever seen. I've, I've been lucky to be going to Cheltenham since since 1997 actually. This is the first year that I, I w- would have missed it. So I've seen loads of good races over the years and probably be always following the Irish horses and the Irish jockeys and there was so much enjoyment with Ruby over the years as well, watching him with Cato Stars and all different types of horses. So John, I'm no good to you. Too many good. I know, no, too that's, many good. that's a good answer. No, yeah. and I remember that poker at the Civil uh, because I couldn't see that. That finish was a great finish in that four-miler. Like a long race, Katie. Like, <laughs> did you feel you always had a chance in that race? Because it, it, it is a long way to go. It's like a grand national distance. Uh, yeah, it was uh, It was actually a lovely race to ride in advance. Just one of those races where it all went right and I got a good, good run everywhere. He wasn't really strong traveller, but he loads of ability and he was the second season novice as well so he was a he was a super jumper he was absolutely awesome and probably got there a little bit too soon but uh we held on anyway and it was uh it was uh it's lovely when it all goes right john patty the best race you've ever seen at Chatham. um jesus well the other two were talking there i was thinking to myself like which one is it i think it's probably and i have to look it up my phone now terminal years 2005, Hardy used his second uh, champion hurdle. Oh, yeah. That was the one where Archibald was traveling all over everything and just found nothing, as always. And uh, Archibald and Braving, and, and Hardy used his rather and, and, and Braving, and, and Hardy just braved. It was the first off the bridle coming around the bend on the rail on the inside and just managed to just keep his head in front. It was such a tough horse. And a lot of horses do come back and win again at Cheltenham. Uh, and Hardy was one of them, but he did it the hard way. And I thought that was a great, great race. I'd agree with you completely, Paddy. Great, Jesus, that's great, brilliant, job done. Um, the good, the, the good thing about this is now I can go just sit back and just listen to you now because we want the listeners and the viewers to be saying at the end of next week. Did you hear uh, Paddy Power or Barry Garrity or Katie Walsh last week on on Saturday on News Talk off the ball? They they they, they gave the winner of every single race at Cheltenham. Uh, so let's just start off with Tuesday. I wish it was as simple as that. Champion Hurdle Day Tuesday. Um, let's start our preview of the week by looking at the Champion Hurdle. Uh, the going good to soft. The race going to post at three o five. The odds of Paddy Power, Honeysuckle, the nine to four favourite race. Rachel Blackmore, Epitant, who you rode Barry last year to win uh, the champion hurdle 100 to 30, Goshen 4 to 1, Abacadabra's 9 to 1, Silver Streak, Sharjah, Aspire Tower 14 to 1, Fancy Price is the rest. Barry, you won the race easily last year on Epitant. Would you swap her now? She did disappoint at Christmas. She did disappoint at Christmas, but I'd, I'd forgive her that. Um, I was speaking to Nicky and he's very happy with her. He thinks she's in great form and yeah, he's a brilliant man to train the champion hurdle winner and he's brilliant to train a filly as well because. You know, it's, I don't think everyone can can produce a filly as well as others, but Nikki does a great job. Um, I think the ground is the key to the race, and Honeysuckle is a very good mare, but her win the last day in Leopardstown was in soft, a heavy ground. Um, Epitant won the champion hurdle last year on soft ground, which we thought was softer than ideal, and she got away with it. It's look, it looks like it's going to be slightly better than that, probably good to soft ground. So for me, I think Epitant has the edge on the going, and Sharjah, who was well beaten behind Honeysuckle last time in Leopardstown on very soft ground as I mentioned I think he's a good each way bet on better ground he was second in the rest last year Okay Sharjah uh, each way but obviously not uh, deserting Epiton to Katie if you had a ride in this race would it be Honeysuckle? Oh, absolutely I love her I think she's brilliant um, um, she's just as I say she's not flashy but she gets the job done and um, I think there'll there, there be no um they're going to go a good gallop in this race from the get-go and um, she'll be in the box seat everywhere and she'll be letting her roll and she knows she stays and she'd be the one I'd be most looking forward to next week if I was Rachel Blackmore. Paddy Power, who do you fancy in the champion hurdle? 
Right. Well, I think it's going to be, I think it's almost race of the, of the week for me because I think there's some real quality horse. There are loads that want to be ridden prominently, I think. So there's going to be loads of pace on. And, uh, and these horses are so good, they'll be able to almost sprint for two miles. So I think what you're going to see is you're going to see four or five in with a chance coming to the last and one by one, they'll just fall away or their, their heart will be broken. And I actually agree with Barry. I think Epitante is one that can just sit just behind the pace and, and it might suit horses finishing from the back. Like Abracadabras has been well tipped up the last few days and, and Charger as well is a good shout for coming, coming late and fast. But I think Epitante, having been there, done that, I think she's the one they all have to beat. I think it was a Desi User said once, Barry, that um, you have to jump the hurdles in the champion hurdle. You can't miss one. They go so fast. Definitely. No, you need to be quick and slick, and she is that. The honeysuckle does jump well, or she jumped well last time, but she she can be maybe not as quick and slick as you might like. Um, and I think that's where softer ground gives her a chance to sit in her comfort zone, whereas on better ground, it's going to be an end-to-end gallop. And I just, I'd be afraid for her that she's going to be in top gear, which is going to put her jumping under pressure. But you need to jump quick and slick, as I say, Hurricane Fly, Isterbrack, all those great horses, hardy uses. They're like life in other words. Okay. Uh, all three of you appreciated the hot favourite for the opening race, uh, the Supreme Novices Hurdle, seen as a race which would normally give us an Irish banker. Is the horse an Irish banker on day one, Katie Walsh? Appreciate it? I think he is. Um, I think he's the one that we all would like to be on. Um you know, he was, I thought he was definitely better Christmas time than what he was at the Dublin Racing Festival. But I think all the vibes seem to be good. And um, I think he's going to be the one that they're all going to have to pass. He was second in the bumper last year to Fernie Hollow. Uh, Barry, is he a banker? Is he going to win? I, I think he's vulnerable. Um, no. He's six to four favourite or thereabouts. Um, he's the best horse in the race, but I just, a bit like Honey Suckle, he won and soft to heavy in Leperstown. I just, wouldn't be fully convinced that he has the natural speed for this. He's a horse you'd want to have long term and he's going to make a gorgeous chaser, but I'd imagine it will be over further. So I would be inclined to oppose him with Bally Adam or Soaring Glory each way. I think they'd be good value, probably six or seven to one. So I'd rather take the six to four on one of those finishing second or third um, than the six to four and appreciate to win it. Paddy, are you with Katie or Barry in this one? Um, I'd be with Barry on this one actually the, the, the issue with Lucrezia is you're trying to find one to beat it and I guess like a lot of it's ground depending like Metier is second favourite is a French bred horse and wants very soft ground but so does appreciate it probably but probably but we, we don't know but uh, I think it's very short it might be bigger actually come the day because uh, you know the bookies all go mad to try and go big price in the first race so maybe wait till the day if you're going to back appreciate you might get a bit bigger than the, the 11 to wait at the moment Bally Adam the big question mark is has the move of stable had an impact on it now he's a lot of ground to make up and appreciate it from earlier runs in the season but at the same time on better ground so I think Bally Adam was the one I'd probably go Soaring Glory who won the bet for hurdle and the John Joe O'Neill horse I think probably has to improve maybe a little bit too much could easily be placed though but I tend to agree with Barry that Bally Adam could be one that just could come alive with a bit of good lively ground. Okay, to all three of you, we've got Shishkin, uh, odds on for the Oracle Chase. We've got Concertista, who won last year, odds on for the Mare's Hurdle. Anything to beat these two horses, in your view, Katie Walsh? Well, I thought Siskin, I didn't really know how he was going the last day, but actually when he picked him up when he turned in, he came alive. And I thought he was going to be a massive danger, even with energy mean out now. I think he was going to really put it up to him. So for me, off off the back of that, I would have to go with Siskin, to be honest. Concertina, she's very consistent when she gets there. She's been good there before. And no, I can't. Are all these horses going to win? No. Probably not. But it's very hard to oppose them all the same. It's very hard to find something out of the pack that is going to um, 
get their head in front. I'd be a Siskin fan anyway. And yeah, concertina. If if you told me I could write something in the race, I'd be writing her. Okay, uh, Barry, do you agree? Do you think they're both um, nailed on to win Shishkin and Concertista? I think so. They're rock solid. Um, Shishkin's been very good. He was good in the Supreme last year. Maybe a little bit of value for an Irish horse, Captain Guinness, in the Arkell. I think he's an each-way shout. He was running well in the Supreme, but he was brought down at the second last. Um, and he was beaten behind an Orgamine on on very heavy ground in Nace. I think he wants better ground, so I think you'll see a good run from him, but I couldn't oppose um, Concertista with anything really. I think she's rock solid. Paddy, can you give us anything to uh, as an alternative to these horses? Are you with Barry and Katie that you believe they'll both win? I think I think Shishkin will win, and I think it's a shame because that was going to be a real proper Ireland versus England ding dong battle with an ergamy. So the shame it's not happening. So there's no point in, in crying over spilt milk. But uh, so I think Shishkin will win. But Concertista, even though it makes no sense because she her first ever run over hurdles, she got touched off in the Mare's Novice. Uh, she won it last year. So two visits to Cheltenham. She was the most impressive winner of the week last year. She absolutely hosed up. But I'm still going to go against her. I, I I don't know why I am, but I just have a feeling that she might get turned over. And Black Tears is the one that finished. Uh, was it's beaten uh, just a two or two and a half lengths in the Carl Cup. I think uh, Barry might have rode the winner, did you? In the Dame de Campaign last year. Dame and Campaign, that was giving way to way as well. So it has some course form as well. And that was a kind of a rough and tumble handicap. So maybe Black Tears might be a bit more battle hardened and uh, could give concertees just something to think about. Paddy Power, we know you're a great judge. You've been doing this such a long time. You hear everything. You're a bookmaker. Have you got anything each way for us in the handicaps on the Tuesday? Um, there's actually, do you know what? In, in the Ultima, which is the handicap that just it's the breather before the champion hurdles, you start with the Supreme and the Arkle, and you're going, Jesus, this is amazing. And then they give you a breather of a kind of a, a relatively long distance handicap to kind of calm down and get ready for the champion hurdle. And actually, the Dan Skelton horse, Al Nadam, I think, has a decent chance in there. It's about 16 to 1. I'll check for you now. It's called the Ultima Chase, so the third race in the first day. And it is, where are we going? Where has he gone? Al Nadam is 14 to 1. And he, so I think that's a good each way shout maybe in the in that handicap. Okay, Wednesday, Shaq and Pursois, even money favourite with Paddy Power for the Wednesday's Champion Chase, three o five start time. Bidding to give uh, William Mullins, based in Carlo, his first ever win in the race. That's hard to believe. Uh, next in the betting, uh, Altior six to one. Last year's winner, Politologue uh, Nuba Negra are eight to one, and put the kettle on for Henry Bromhead is at ten to one. Casey Shaq and Pursois jumps well. He's got loads of speed. Is he bomb proof? Is he going to win? Yeah, once again, I mean, I thought his most impressive performance probably the last day. I thought that was a really good performance to beat Notebook and Frackadari in the style in which he did it. I questioned his Christmas run, especially the last maybe 150 yards, but he fairly put that to bed the last day. I thought he was exceptional. Um, yeah, you know, obviously he got there last year and he was taken out the morning of, of the race. He's the one they all have to beat, but... I do think I don't know what price Celia Emery is but I thought he was very good the last day and I think if he runs in this he could be a good each way value Okay that's a Willie Mullins trained horse Celia Emery in the Luke McMahon colours the kind of the, the yellow and the purple colours that could be an outsider for Katie Walsh against the favourite Shaq and Persuade. Barry you know this race like at the back of your hand Sprinter Sacra Moscow Flyer would you want to be riding Shaq and Persuade or something else? You know it's Shaq and Persuade. I wouldn't think about it um, he's he's head and shoulders above the rest. I think Altior is the next best. He's he's proven at this level, but I think the the remainder have to really step up on what they've done. Even Politolog last year's winner probably wasn't as strong or renewal last year when between defections and definitely design not turning up on the day. So no, I think Shaq and Persuade is rock solid, but Altior next best. And I'd agree with Katie maybe uh, some value in Celia Emery. Uh, are you in the Shaq and Persuade camp, uh, Paddy Parr? 
Um, no, I mean, obviously, most likely winner and all that, and even when he favoured, and that's on the form book, it's it's quite obvious it should turn up, and if all goes to plan, it should win. But hasn't done it around Cheltenham yet. That's a small doubt in my mind, and uh, I love horses for courses, so I'm going for an each way one. I put the kettle on. Who won the Arca last year has to make up about a mile uh, that he finished behind, beaten by Shaq and Portsois, Leopardstown, but a little bit of better ground and loves the track. Was really brave and great jump and great win in the Arca last year. So I think put the kettle on. Uh, he is a Cheltenham horse, and I think that might just be get get in the money definitely, and maybe just trouble the favourite. I watched all the great ones um, the other day just to get a bit of research done. I've seen the most of the races anyway, but Katie Walsh, Monkfish, this horse, like they should already be having paintings dedicated to it. The way this horse jumps and travels, like absolutely majestic. I can't see it being beaten on Wednesday. Can you? No, I can't. But nor can I see and by Allen being beaten either. You know what I mean? I think they're. They're the two were obviously were both look where everyone's looking forward to those seeing those two horses run, but they're by far the two weakest races of the week, to be honest with you. I think the race we're all really looking forward to is next Christmas when you see Envoy Allen and Monkfish, to be honest with you. But um yeah, Monkfish looks looks exceptional. He looks really straightforward. Um saw him walking around the parade ring last year in the herd race and he was big and he was raw and he was narrow and now he's anything but, you know, he's he strengthened up and he's qualified up and he got the job done last year and I didn't think when he left the parade ring I couldn't have him and he got the job done. Now he goes there a bigger, stronger beast and with the season he has under him and, um, you know, I just can't wait for next Christmas, John. Yeah, we could be looking at a Gold Cup in the future, Barry, with Envo Adam and Monkfish in, in opposition against each other. Yeah, they're two. We're, we're, we're blessed to have such classy horses like that. Um, it's a brilliant year for novice chases with Shishkin and American. I mean, obviously he's not going to be there, but um, Monkfish and Envoyal, I know they're, they're top class. And as Katie said, they've frightened away the opposition. I'd say anything half decent has, has gone for a handicap or is ducking somewhere else, but there's no point taking on these horses. It's not going to happen, Paddy, that Monkfish, uh, Envoyal, and all these horses just win. Cheltenham throws up strange results. The horse could fall, it could be brought down, might not run to its best. But can you oppose Monkfish or Envoyal at all this week? No, I mean, I, I, you kind of hope you hope these horses win because racing is, is a funny thing like that. Like you nearly get more excited about the novice races than you do about album photo going for three gold cups in a row because it's all about the future. It's always about like the bumper. You always hear a whisper for what's in the last race of the day because it's a young horse coming through that could be anything. But yeah, Monkfish is one to just sit back and enjoy. I hope it all goes to plan. Has to jump the fences and everything, obviously, but. Uh, it looks like it's it's a, a, a proper machine. And Envoy Allen as well. I mean, I guess the only danger is the change of stable and all that kind of stuff. But just last year, I thought Envoy Allen was so taking the way, you know, it just looked looked to be a little bit a little bit in trouble coming towards the second last, I think. And then it's like David Russell just kind of shook the reins for a second. Within two strides, it was like a sprinter just coming up sides and jumped, then, jumped the last then and jumped into the lead. It was really, really impressive, the turn of foot. And just the two of them just have proper big engines and they're, they're, uh, they're, they're horses for the future, definitely. Oh, 53106, your text messages. Oh, Barry and Paddy, why did you say what you said about appreciate it? I've got it backed since last November, says Andrew in Cork. Well, Andrew, you still have a, you still have a chance. Um, he's still the favourite for the Supreme Novices Hurdle. Katie, on the second day of the opening race is the Ballymore Novices Hurdle. We've got Bob Ollinger, Guyer de Manil, a brave man's game at the head of the market. What do you like here? I like Bob Ollinger. Um, I think he's been very consistent and very good. Uh, Willie's horse is obviously he's good as well but sorry going back to appreciate it for a second they could have gone either way with this horse but everyone kind of says he looks like he wants to trip but he I remember when he pulled up with Paul at Christmas time Paul said this horse is, isn't as slow as what people think 
So I think he's got more pace than what than what people think he has as well. But sorry, back to uh, yeah. the Ballymore novices. Yeah, um, I like Bob Ollinger. Um, I think he's he's been good. His Henry's horses are flying, and he's been consistent. And I like with the style in which he's done it. He's bumped into a couple of really good horses as well along the way. And I think this could be a good week for Henry as well. His horses couldn't be in better order. What do you like in this race, uh, Barry? The Ballymore novices hurdle. I like Gail out of Masnil. Um Bob Ollinger has been good and he's impressive. I thought Blue Lord, who was second to him in Nace, he ran very keen and he was the horse for me to take out of the race. And I'd love to see Blue Lord go in here, but he's, as far as I know, he's going to go for the Supreme. But I thought Gail out of Masnil travelled really well in Leopardstown. The ground was very soft. Um, took him a little bit to pick up, but I think he'd be better on better ground. Um, and interesting, Willie took him out of the Albert Bartlett and left it only in this race where he left appreciated in the previous uh, knockout stage, if you like. He left appreciated in here. He left the option. So he's, he's adamant about this fella in this race. I like him. I think he's a, I think he'd be better, better ground. And Barry, what's your, uh, sorry, Paddy, what's your selection in this race? The Ballymore Novices um, Hurdle. Funny, the, the, I want to hear Barry talk about all the French horses because I love his pronunciations. But uh, <laughs> I think, I, I think, uh, I think Guyer de Manil is, is, I, I didn't seem like it was that strongly fancied, but it absolutely hosed up at the Dublin Racing Festival. That's really one I have on my shortlist. Brave Man's Game, Paul Nichols has said, reminds him of Den Man, which is a, which is kind of a, you know a great endorsement. Even though Den Man got beaten this race, but uh, I quite like Bear Gills. It's a much less sexy kind of profile. Uh, it's about a ten or twelve to one shot. I just think for each way, just been quietly just winning its races very impressively, and now it's it's obviously a big step up up against the big boys. But I think uh, Bear Gills has a decent each way chance of big odds. Uh, it's ended Leeds nil, Chelsea nil in the Premier League. Just to let you know, folks. Um, any outsiders in the handicaps either on Tuesday or Wednesday, Katie, that you might want to give us? If no problem, if you don't. Um, Carl, doesn't Nichols have a horse in it? Is it Samsung A? Um, is it maybe? No. No. Hang on a second now. I'll find it, John. Put me under pressure. No, it's all right. Um, we might just come back to you there, Katie. Barry, do you have anything for the handicaps? I like uh, Bustleton in the, the Boodles, Bad Winter. I think he's a squeak. Joseph's horses are in good, get back into good form and they do better on better ground. Um, and although not a big price, I like Grand Rai in the car. He's seven to one favourite, I think. And um, Katie, do you have uh, the Paul Nichols horse there? No. I'm looking at the wrong day. That's my biggest problem. Uh, Paddy come back to me John yeah no problem Paddy on, on Wednesday yeah on Wednesday in the Carl Cup uh, you raised me up to Martin Brassel horse is one that uh, kind of had my eye on and been you know tipped up by Frank Hickey and work here is a good uh, is a good judge so I'll pretend it was my tip but it's his tip but uh, if it wins it's mine okay uh, you're listening to sorry I'm on about the Boodles juvenile on the Tuesday Hawks Hawks Gree is it Hawks Gray? yeah that's right Paul Nichols yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I thought been, there's been plenty of chat and um, it's all, it seems to be coming quite positive for him. So um, I'm not too sure what price he is, but um, there's good word about. Okay, we'll, we'll keep a note of that one. Uh, you're listening to the Chatham Preview Show here on Off the Wall with Paddy Power. Don't feel like a punter, feel like a favourite this Chatham. 53106 for your text messages. We got Paddy Power, Barry Garrity, and Katie Walsh joining us. Let's look at Thursday, folks. Um, Paddy Power's stairs hurdle day. Odds wise, Paisley Park, 15 to 8 favourites. Sarah de Burley is 9 to 2. Roxana, 5 to 1. Florine Porter, 7 to 1. Lisnagar Oscar, Vindication, 8 to 1. Fury Road and the Storyteller, 10 to 1. Paddy, you're sponsoring the race. What's going to win it? 
Um, yeah, it's a shame. Time Hill it just came out. Like there was just a, there was a bit of a, a a dirty day yesterday when a couple of horses came out of Cheltenham. I mean, after an Ergamine news as well. But um, Time Hill came out, which is a shame because it was going to be quite a head to head with, with uh, the two of them with Paisley Park. But Paisley Park is favourite, like you said, fifteen to eight. I think a little bit short, to be honest. It was really disappointing in the race last year. Had one with the with the previous year. We just got well beat last year, and no real excuse. I think afterwards, you know, maybe the horse didn't. I'm not sure we didn't scope on it. There was maybe some small issue with it, but I think he just was beaten fair and square in the day. So that's a worry for me. You've sorry to Burley as a handicap with a flooring porter, who I think is the best named horse going to Chatham this year, because it's what we all miss doing at the moment, flooring porter. And I think that'll be lovely for Gavin Cromwell if flooring porter could win. But I actually think vindication is one. It's a it's a horse that we expect to run over fences, but now I think because of that. Uh, Time Hill going has taken his chance in the Stairs hurdle. Has a really decent hurdles form in his back pocket, and I think Vindication at about eight or nine to one would be one you wouldn't have even thought of a week or two ago, but is in there and is planning to run, and I think has a crack in each way chance of about eight or eight or nine to one. Uh, be a nice story, wouldn't it, Katie, if uh, Jonathan Moore and Gavin Cromwell won on Flooring Porter? Yeah, it would be. Um, I just don't know if it's going to happen, to be honest with you. He's a horse that has to make the run and he's extremely free. And um, I don't know, you know, I think the last day maybe he might have gotten his own way. Lads kind of really didn't fancy him. It was a bit of a shock and they didn't chase him. I think you won't he won't get that in Cheltenham. There'll be horses breathing down his neck every, every step of the day and you're going to have to be exceptional. I like um, the horse actually that won it last year. I thought he could run on Haydock the last day. This is Nick Oscar. And um, I thought he ran a crack at the last day and I thought he won fair, fair and square last year. And he seems to be uh, a spring horse as well. So I'm, I'm going to go for him. Lisnagar Oscar uh, for Katie Walsh in the Stairs Hurdle. Uh, Barry, you rode Sarda Burley to win last year at Cheltenham. Uh, would you be wanting to be on him again? I think he has a chance. Um, he, he does need to improve. He disappointed a little bit at Christmas when Gordon's horses just weren't flying. Um, but he won the pretense last year with top weight, which isn't an easy task. Um, he's entitled to be in this company, but he, he's not maybe proven at the very top level. But I think Paisley Park and what he's done this year is by beating Time Hill in Ascot, Time Hill possibly got to the front a little bit early, but likewise, um, Paisley Park got caught in traffic turning in and did really well to win from there. Um, I think he's the best horse in the race. I suppose the slight negative is he's been to three Cheltenham investments and he's only turned up once. He disappointed last year but even a regular heartbeat reported afterwards and he disappointed two years before that so on form I think he is the best and he's the one to beat and if he produces his best on the day he's, he's a good price think of 50 days Okay Paisley Park for Barry Garrity in the stairs hurdle uh, the Ryanair chase should be great William Mullins has got three really good strong uh, chances uh, Katie he's got Alaho, Min, Mellon which of those do you like or do you like anything else? I like Mellon to be honest with you um, I'm not a big fan of Alaho Al- 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 and I don't really know why um, I like Mellon I think he was very good at Christmas time um, he jumped and he travelled he'd be ridden handy um, I think the trip should suit um, he didn't take part there at Dublin Racing Festival when he was dropped in and he just he looked be coming up past the stands the first time uh, but definitely I thought at Christmas time he was absolutely super um, he's operated around, he, well he's very consistent around Chatham anyway he always runs his race and I know maybe he doesn't get his head in front too often but he's a, he's a good horse and um, I think this this could could be his chance it could be his day Do you agree Barry will Mellon finally do it at Chatham after all those second places? His run in Leprechaun at Christmas would that would win but for me, Mellon just doesn't have a habit of turning up every day. Um, so if he, his best foot forward, I think he's probably the one they have to beat. I'd agree with Katie. Alaho, 
I like him, but I'm not just fully convinced about him. I thought Packer to the Reeves ran really well behind Shaq and Postwara. Um, and I think he's good value each way, maybe at 8-1. to one. And Paddy Parrott, what's going to win the Ryanair chase? Well, I think if if the ground, the, the, the forecast is okay for the weeks. So if the ground keeps drying, I think uh, Mr. Fisher is one that will probably tighten up. It's about 8-1. to one. For an each way because i think the fact that you got the three willie mullins horse at the top of the market which is you know it's i think it's kind of interesting and, and just you know it's hard to pick one one from the other which suggests that maybe none of the three will win i mean alaho is the one i'd have my eye out, out of those three but i think mr fisher is one that uh that that will just come alive for better ground and that's I'd, I'd be keen on that one yeah i don't want to put you too much on the spot folks but anything in the handicaps that you like on uh, before we move on on thursday barry on Thursday, Champagne Platinum ran well in Haydock when he was second, I thought. He runs in the pretense. Um, and no, that would be kind of it for Thursday. And Katie, anything you like on Thursday? No worries if not on the handicaps? I like Hook Up. I like Hook Up in the Mare's Novice Hurdle. I thought she was brilliant in Fair Fair the first day. And she's kind of coming in here under, under the radar. So for me, um, I think she's got a bit more to come. That's hook up for uh, Willie Mullins trained uh, in the colours of Rich Ritchie in the Mare's uh, Novice Hurdle. That is on Thursday. Paddy Power, give us another handicap winner, will you, on Thursday? Another one, because I've given you about three already. Yeah, I know, yeah, sure why not? Um, uh, the Kim Muir, I like hold the note for Mick Channon. It just it looks to be pretty well handicapped. It was third in Novice Handicap Chase last year. Loves a trip, so the Kim Muir is a trip. And um, yeah, likes Cheltenham, which again is all important. The good, the good news is folks there is a podcast of this chat so all these winners will be logged and we articles and all these kind of things uh, before we finish up uh, with That's Barry no. Garrity Barry Garrity uh, Paddy Power and Katie Walsh on the Cheltenham Preview 2021 the Gold Cup album photo sometimes I wonder does he get the respect he deserves he's won two Gold Cups uh, Best Mate Cotter Drake Arkle Golden Miller I can't think of any other horses won three um He's bidding to do the same. Odds-wise with Paddy Power, 5-2 to two favourite. Uh, Champ next, 9-2. to two. A Plutarch, 5-1. to one. Manella Indo, 9-1. to one. Uh, Bar that. Uh, Katie, tough horse, good acceleration album photo. Can anything get past him? Yeah, I think his biggest danger is Champ, to be honest with you. No, he doesn't get the recognition, re- recognition he deserves because you don't see him that often. You know what I mean? You see him Tremor, you see him at the Gold Cup, you see him Tremor and you see him at the Gold Cup. But that seems to be... Um, a recipe that works and I suppose if it's not broken don't fix it people kind of get behind horses that you consistently see at all the festivals and that you see all the time and you just don't see him as often so he doesn't quite have the following say of something like a horse like Native River but yet next week I think he's the horse that I think most people would want to be on Um, I think there's going to be a good gallop in this year's Gold Cup which I think is going to suit him Um. The reports seem to be good. Everyone seems to be over the moon with him. So um, I think he's going to be the horse they all have to beat. I mean, the only horse that could beat him, that might beat him, is Champ. And I'm sure that Barry will have more to say about that. But um, I thought Champ was good good the last day. I think if he was ridden handy, maybe Barry might disagree. But I think he could be the one that might put it up to him. Barry, is Champ going to lower the colours of Album Photo in the Gold Cup, in your view? I think he's the best chance of doing it of any of them. Um, he dropped back a two mile the last day. When I won him in Cheltenham last year, he struggled. His jumping at the time wasn't as good as it should be or could be. Um, so he, he scrambled around in the RSA and he flew home just to get up late on. Um, if you ask me that day when I get off and the next time this fellow will run, we'll be in a two mile chase in Newbury and he'll win it. I'd have laughed at you. Um, 
But I think that was just a reflection of his well-being that he could drop back to the two mile and jump as well as he did. So they've done a lot of work with him. Henry at a night had him for a lot of school and um, Nicky's worked hard on him. But I think it was a good reflection of his well-being. Um, the only slight negative is that that run over two miles possibly could just switch him on a little bit and make him a little bit keen. When you're when horses get used to racing at a higher tempo, it's just maybe a little bit more difficult to get them to relax. So if he settles somewhere in the midfield, um, I think he's a big danger to uh, Album Photo and possibly the horse who was maybe a shade unlucky with a slowly run race last year, Santini. Now he's a little bit hit and miss, but he's run well at Cheltenham before. He won the Cotswold Chase and he was only touched up in last year's Gold Cup of slow of slow pace. And um, he'd appreciate the better ground that he'd get in Cheltenham that he hasn't had all season. So I think he's a, a sneaky little H way chance. But if you had to call it one horse, one word, Barry, is a champ? It's hard to oppose the favourite. He's been there and he's done it twice, um, album photo, but Champ is the up and coming horse. Um and if I was in Cheltenham, that's the one I'd be riding and I'd be very happy. Do you have a strong opinion on the Gold Cup, Paddy? Uh, yeah, I, I was kind of always fancy Manella Indo each way, but been kind of disappointing in the prep races for for the Gold Cup. But still, wouldn't write him off because he, he goes so well at Cheltenham. But I think Album Photo. I think we're all trying to overcomplicate things. Album Photo has won a, a fast run Gold Cup two years ago, slowly run Gold Cup last year. Comes there lightly raced the way Best Mate used to. Best Mate was eight to eleven, I think, to win his third. Album Photo is nine to four to win his third. I think that's. I think it's it's a decent price to be honest. I think Album Photo is the most obvious one, and sometimes if it quacks, it's a duck. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what else are we like on Friday? We've got the Triumph Hurdle, Albert Bartlett, Novices Hurdle, Hunter's Chase, Mare's Chase. Anything stand out, Katie? I like Alan King's horse in the Triumph. I thought he was very good the last day. I see the moon horse. And um, I know that, um, obviously, we have... Um, uh, what uh, Gordon's... What's Chestnut Horse of Gordon's? The Natanya horse. Here. The favourite... Yeah, Sana here. Um, I, he's been exceptional as well, but I must say I was taken back by Alan King's horse the last day, and I thought he was really good. So I think this could be a hot enough um, tri- triumph, and um, I think yeah, this might go the way of the English. Anything else you like on the Friday, Barry? No, I agree with Katie. The triumph hurdle. I've been riding Sana here all his work. He's a very good horse, but I think Tritonic is very good. And two horses of big futures, so they're going to be hard to split. Um, a horse in the Albert Bartlett that I thought was good each in value is three under two five. Paul Nichols trains him. He's won his last four. I think it's a wide open race and he is into the 16 to one. He was 20s there. So he's just money for him. Three under two five. 16s now, yeah. And Paddy, did you like anything else on the Friday? Yeah, funny. I was looking at Toriograph in the Albert Bartlett. And one just to mention, I think Ellie May in the, in the Mayor's Chase later on in the day in the second last race she just looked the race looks tailor made for her now I know Carl Reeby's going to go against her to make a real race but uh, Ellie May I think is is another relatively short price favourite that'll probably oblige Katie who wins the bumper is it uh, Kilcruet I like Kilcruet even though there's a lot of people that can't have him um, I thought he was exceptional represent the last day and um, I know if he was able to go next week Patrick I think that would be his pick which is always a good sign and um yeah, you know, I I thought he was really good the last day. He was, he's he's a horse I think that they all have to beat. I like Stalker Wallace and Hunter's Chase as well. I thought he was good in the last day. He finished second, but uh, I think he'll come on from that run as well. He wasn't knocked about, and um, they'd be my picks for Friday. And uh, Barry, who's going to win the bumper? Yeah, it's tricky. Um, three strikes life. Three stripes life could be a little bit of each way value. Um, Sir Gerhard going from Gardens to Willies. You don't know what way he's going to turn up. Maybe Kilcruet won on very soft ground, so I'm not fully sure. 
I taught a horse in the Kim Muir, which is on the Thursday. Um, he's an 11-year-old, Shantou Flyer. He's down from 140 from 159. Paul Nichols now has him. I think he's worth having a look at in the Kim Muir, the, the last race on the Thursday. He is a good price, I'd say. Paddy, who's going to win the bumper? The bumper for me, I'm going against the top two in the market. It looks like a match between Sir Gerard and Kilcroft, but I think I'm going to go for Dan Skelton's L.A. Bell at 25 to 1. An English winner of the bumper. Um, okay, folks, the great thing about podcasts is and articles on our social channels and all this kind of thing is that we'll be able to listen back to this because there's so many horses, so much information, so much great information you've given us. We really appreciate your time over the last hour. Paddy Parr, Katie Walsh and Barry Gerty. We're going to wrap it up soon. Just to finish off, folks, I really hope you enjoy the week. I hope you enjoy the week in front of the telly. Uh, and enjoy Cheltenham 2021. What is your nap of the week, your horse to follow for the week and your each way selection? I'm going to put you on the spot, Katie Walt. Your nap and your each way. My nap is Monkfish and my each way is Farkadari. I didn't think he was knocked about the last day behind uh, Shaq and Persois and Notebook and he's operated around there before and I can't see him out the first tree. And that's in the Reiner chase on the Thursday, Katie Walsh. Uh, Barry Garrity, the nap and the each way? The nap is second for and the each way is three under through five. Very good. And uh, that's what we all hope to have in the golf course when they allow golf to be played again. And uh, Paddy Power, uh, the nap in the each way? I'm, I'm a bit worried about my nap now because Barry rides it in all its work and, and didn't tip it in the race. The Triumph Hurdle, Zana here is my nap of the week. <laughs> and, uh, and my each way is put the kettle on the champion chase. Very good. Well, you've been so generous to give us your time today, Paddy Power, Barry Garrity and Katie Walsh. Stay safe. Enjoy the week. And... Uh, Hopefully we'll speak soon. Cheers, John. Cheers, John. Okay. Thanks, John. The Saturday panel on Off the Ball. That was an OTB Podcast Network presentation.